Recollections, a night to remember. I never got on well with my stepfather. He didn't like me and I didn't like him. We tolerated each other at best and fortunately had little occasion to be in each other's company very often. I had reason to wonder if my mother liked him very much either after a few years because he was a workaholic and very pedantic and pragmatic but little personality. He had no idea how to relate to me when I first met him, aged eight, nor ten years later as a young teenager. However, I adored my mother and kept my peace as best I could. So with my first four weeks pay in my purse, after paying 30 shillings a week for my board, I decided to organize a surprise romantic anniversary dinner for them, which was just two weeks away. Why a surprise? Well, Even though still young and pretty, my mother had few nice surprises in her life and I love receiving surprises and equally enjoy giving them. And one other thing, which I would only admit to the world under torture, I liked the idea of putting my totally in-charge stepfather at a slight disadvantage, if only briefly. My plan was pretty simple. A taxi would arrive at an appointed time and take them out to dinner to a local popular restaurant and be available to return them home when finished. Yes, simple, but it demanded an enormous amount of organization on my part because all this happened way back in the early 1960s. Just to paint the picture, this was way before mobile phones or even ample telephone landlines, credit cards, Uber, or even abundant taxis. So like a general going into battle, I mapped out a plan and then worked tirelessly to put it into practice. First, the restaurant. I decided on a pretty old-fashioned tavern about 20 to maybe 30 minutes out of our little town. There had been news in the local paper of a new chef from overseas who was giving the restaurant a good name for high dining. I wanted to check it out, but with no access to a motor car, I had to cycle all the way out to the venue in the evening to coincide with the restaurant being open. However, I didn't want to arrive at a peak busy time as I needed time to explain my project to the manager or maitre d'. So this needed a little thought and planning. It was a scary ride as the journey was via first a busy motorway, partway, then along country roads that were pretty obscure with rampant hedgerows and more important vague signposts. Remember, no navman, only print maps. An hour later and I was entering the front door of a delightful old English pub with a restaurant at the back facing a winding river. Now I had to find the maitre d', explain my project and ask approximately how much a three-course a la carte meal for two would cost and included a bottle of wine. He showed me the menu, pointing out the variation of prices, but finally came up with an approximation. The figure made me wince, but gallantly I ploughed on. With no checkbook of my own, the normal payment method back then, I asked if I could pay cash up front and be good for anything outstanding should it arise. Surprisingly, he was okay with that, and I dished out my hard-earned pound notes. Step one accomplished. All I had to do was to ride the 20 miles home in the dark, in the rain. Now I had to find transport for them. A little easier, 
The next afternoon saw me at the nearest taxi rank by the railway station. Select a nice-looking Caucasian driver, my stepfather was a racist, and negotiate with him the cost of driving out to the restaurant and being prepared to stay there for the ride home. Remember, no car phones, no mobiles. I explained my story a couple of times and was rejected a couple of times. However, the third and final driver, Tommy, was interested because he had a friend living near the pub. He thought he would be able to make a short visit while my folks were eating. After a certain amount of haggling, we agreed on a fairish price for what was going to amount to an entire evening. I gave address details and the time to arrive and parted with the money. The ETA had been a difficult one. My stepfather owned his own business and drove to and from London CBD every day. Traffic was a problem even back then, and the short direct drive could take up to two hours if gridlocked. The journey was gruelling, so when he arrived home, he would sit in his favourite chair and sip at a scotch with a cigar, taking in the tranquillity of the garden in order to ease away the rigours of the city. This would be my safety valve. The time frame was still crucial, as after half an hour or so, he would go upstairs and change out of his business suit into casual corduroys and sloppy sweater. The taxi would have to come before that happened. There was also another problem to overcome. Although we had a fairly large house, we had a moderate refrigerator. Not only that, but it was the nature of the times that the housewife would go out every day to buy the produce for dinner fresh. To combat mother's sojourn to the kitchen at the same time of father's R&R, I had to persuade her that I would bring in dinner on that night as my contribution to the anniversary. Once again, I refer to the date early 1960s. Chinese restaurants were just beginning to be popular and could be found in the city centres, but they were strictly dine-in. And of course, Indian restaurants had not been heard of. So to cut to the main point of this, there were no takeaways. Bar one, fish and chip shops. The most difficult of all food cuisines to transport home and keep hot and fresh. What's more, even the best fish shops fried fish and chips in whale oil. Heavy and greasy. So can you imagine the result when finally unwrapped sometimes half an hour or more after leaving the pan? Even so, fish and chips from the chippy was an accepted treat every so often, allowing the lady of the house a night off from the kitchen duties. So now there was little more I could do than wait for the day itself, which happened to be on a Friday. The day in question dawned fine and uneventful. I got home from work and immediately began the last part of the process, making sure that mother was dressed for a night out. A little difficult when she thought she was going to have a night in front of the telly. Fortunately, Friday's was hairdresser day, so that box was ticked. Now the dress. With a performance equal to any Oscar award, I persuaded mum to let me look through her wardrobe with a view of borrowing a dress for the following night. This, of course, was a joke as my mother was an ultra-slim size 10 while I was a buxom 12. However, the ruse worked and somehow I managed to get mother to try on the little black dress in order to show me how it could look on her svelte form. With indication that my father had come home and, true to form, was ensconced in his favourite chair with scotch and cigar and mother dressed, all I had to do was pray that Tommy the taxi would turn up on time. 
And he did. A toot on a horn, a quick check out of the window for confirmation, and it was showtime. Taking a quick final check of mother, I went downstairs and opened the front door, acknowledged Tom, then took a deep breath before turning back. Mum? Dad? Could you come here a minute? I called with as much command and finesse I could muster. Needless to say, my mother responded fairly quickly. My stepfather, not so fast. Suffice to say, I delivered my little prepared speech that went something like, I was aware it was their wedding anniversary, was grateful for all they had done for me growing up, and now I was grown up and working, I wanted to show my appreciation, and there was a taxi waiting to take them out to dinner. Follow that up with a look of absolute delight from mum, and a certain amount of hee-hawing from my father. But finally, success. I assured them there was time for mum to put on some lippy while I had a quick word with Tom and bingo, I was bundling them into the car. After so much preparation, as I stood and waved them goodbye, it was a joy to behold. I found myself taking deep breaths, then grinning like an idiot. Back inside the house, I crept into my stepfather's study, which was totally out of bounds, and made a quick telephone call to the restaurant so that I could tell Mick the maitre d' they were on their way. Then, with nothing else to do but eat three portions of soggy fish and chips myself and wait for three hours. It was the longest three hours of my life. Just after ten, I heard the taxi park in front of the house and through my bedroom window saw my parents walk up the driveway to the front door. I skipped downstairs, ready for the accolades. My mother was smiling and gave me a big hug. My stepfather was furious. He pushed past me and stormed up the stairs. Bewildered, I looked at my mother. What was wrong? Had the meal been awful? She gave an almost girlish grin as she ushered me into the house and closed the door. No, the meal was wonderful. They had a table by the window looking out at the river. It was beautiful. There was even a red rose on mother's table setting and a cigar for father. Compliments of the house. The maitre d' had served them himself. Tommy the taxi had been a careful driver with interesting conversation and had been waiting for them in the foyer as they had finished their meal. All this was delivered by mother who was showing a total state of happiness. Bewildered, I almost screamed through gritted teeth. So what had gone wrong? Why was my stepfather in such a foul mood? Mother's smile was magic. The explanation was simple. In the excitement of getting into the car, he had completely forgotten that he had changed into his slippers when he had got home. He wore them into the restaurant. And my stepfather was not the kind of man who wore slippers into a restaurant. I hope you have enjoyed A Night to Remember, Recollections, written and read by Brianda Cross. Thank you.